0: Here we go! We talk games. Here it comes! Yeah! We talk games! Poor Bull bullshit and energy! Our focus always rambles off topic! But we keep on going anyway! TT shook in the robot sex spot! Stinky stinks so bad he smells! It's a shame that cyborgs can only appreciate death and destruction. Hey, this is We Talk Games Arcade Weekly, an arcade review show brought to you each week totally free, no dollar signs. You can get it on your podcast grabber of choice. I am Keith, the Robo Duke, and with me is my co-host, Chris Nicobun.
1: Hey, uh, I would like to point out we do accept bison dollars, but that's it. Not even Bitcoin. Never. Not once. (laughs)
0: <laughs> never bitcoin not even once but bison dollars yeah we're uh relocating the show to bisonopolis the usurpers here we're gonna be putting all those bison bucks so we can play once again armored warriors from 1994 by capcom the king of beat-em-ups haymakers kick puncher games look yeah. forward to holiday haymakers in december as
1: well it's the same amount of syllables to me and i like apostrophes so really i'll go beat them up that apostrophe is just that little bit of extra. I love unnecessarily shortening words. It's great.
0: Yes, yeah, like shortening a game that was originally called in Japan "Powered Gear Strategic Variant Armor Equipment." Equipment on the end. See, that just sounds makes it sound like sports equipment to me. When you use the word equipment, it doesn't sound like a high tech robot armor.
1: I default to the military definition of equipment. So, Although oh, that, true. They, okay. they, they would probably use I don't know, like matériel, the, the material with an e. Or something in there? I don't know. Maybe. I have no idea.
0: But this game, from 1994, from our, uh, like I said, the king, the supreme creators of punch and kick games, which, well, where we'll start with this, would be making mechanics for this beat up game, which, when you say the game's made by Capcom, you're making mechanics, are going to go right to Final Fight.
1: you got the pharaohs of fisting here. I mean, they did Final Fight, they did... Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. Well, if, you, if you've listened to one of our Holiday Haymaker seasons, you know there's plenty of stuff they've done. Uh, Elliot versus Predator. Not the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one, because Konami was trying to get in on that corner. But, uh, it was yeah, right. they did a good job.
0: Yeah, But in mentioning Final Fight, that is very important to the making mechanics of this game because in my research, I discovered uh, something very interesting that a very, very famous video game designer and video game producer... Yoshiki Akamoto was the director behind Armored Warriors, and he is responsible for the granddaddy of beat em ups, Final Fight. This is the same guy who brought us the original, bringing us a really cool spin on fighting games, you know, that all started with dudes fighting over women most of the time, now evolved into giant mechs fighting each other over the freedom of of entire planets. It's gone from very small street level to galactic solar system level. And by the same guy, he also worked on Street Fighter 2 as well. This guy was a very, very big name at Capcom when no one probably ever knew his name. He's he's responsible for uh, such arcade games as 1942, Gunsmoke, Sidearms. The guy has worked on tons of classic Capcom arcade games. And uh, he left capcom well didn't exactly leave capcom he went on to work at flagship and you know who flagship is right chris vaguely they are an independent video game developer uh but they were funded by capcom nintendo and sega to make a lot of games and uh they're actually responsible for my favorite legend of zelda game the legend of zelda the minish cap
1: oh, so damn so, damn yeah that's some good zelda yeah I but I highly they are for that
0: Yeah, they are also responsible for these. Aren't all great games? But Dino Crisis Two, Dino Crisis Three. They're fun. Uh, Yeah, Kirby Squeak Squad, Kirby and the Amazing Mirror, Onimusha Two, Onimusha Three. They also worked on Resident Evil Two and Resident Evil Four. Though they worked on early versions of Resident Evil Four. If you remember, like the early stuff they showed originally.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, they worked on uh, some of the original drafts for the game that weren't weren't used at all. Though
1: were they responsible for Onimusha Blade Warriors? Um, uh, No, they were responsible for Onimusha Warlords, though. Maybe that's what it was called.
0: But they also did, yeah, but uh, once again, they also did Resident Evil Dead Aim and Resident Evil Survivor. Survivor was kind of
1: good. And Resident Evil Zero. Zero was good. Zero was good.
0: And they also worked on the GBA port of uh, A Link to the Past and uh, Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages. So this guy has worked on a ton of games with a company that was responsible for loads of amazing games. So... There's some heft to uh, Armored Warriors, you know, having this guy uh, working on this. And this just really blew my mind because I didn't know anything about Yoshiki Akamoto at all and just fell down this little hole realizing he had worked on so many games I already love and worked with a company who was so fantastic. And another little uh, interesting factoid about him, he did, you know, work on the original Resident Evil, Biohazard in Japan, but... (laughs) He also worked on the movie adaptation and the sequel. Oh, damn. Yeah, so since he worked with the original Resident Evil game, he was sort of like an advisor and stuff like that, and a producer, I believe, on the original Resident Evil starring
1: Mila Jovovich. I wonder if he was still on board at all for um, whichever one they threw Nemesis in, because that was a good Nemesis. It was also a really good Jill Valentine. But Yeah, that was the second one, which he, he yeah.
0: also did work on the sequel as well. The second one is... Eh, like I. Oh, the never... movie's not
1: great, but... No, but. Jill Valentine's like, cute. Yeah. So, Ugh, uh, dude, again, that was a really good looking nemesis, at least.
0: Mm-hmm. I could go on and on that he was an executive producer on Devil May Cry 2. He also worked on Mega Man and Base, which is actually a pretty cool game. Marvel versus Capcom 2, Capcom versus SNK. He is legendary.
1: I got a little bit of legendary uh, fawning to do as well. Oh, Tying back again to Final Fight. I noticed the artist, uh, the character art, was really familiar, so I uh, looked up who was responsible, and the main illustrator on this one was uh, Kinu Nishimura, who has been popping around, well, like, back in the day, like, back in school, she was apparently doing uh, illustration touch-ups on the original Final Fight and Magic Sword art done by Akiman, who is just goddamn legendary but she's been around with capcom after they hired her in 91 forever like she did character portraits for saturday night slam masters promo and main art for street fighter 2 so those character portraits and whatnot oh that's awesome i yeah. oh,
0: man i love saturday night slam masters and i knew the character portraits which we will get into the characters all did look very familiar in in the art style a, it reminded me of like Street Fighter 3? Yeah, she was the main designer for Street Fighter
1: 3. There it is. For okay. Capcom versus SNK, alongside uh SNK dudes uh Shinkiro. Oh my god. Yeah, oh, I loved that. Yeah, that in Capcom versus art, SNK yeah. two,
0: sometimes it would show uh, her art, the Capcom art, and sometimes it would be the SNK art for any of the characters, because they had both for each. I loved that. Yeah, oh, she that's was on so both of good. those.
1: Rival schools, uh very close to my heart, great Dreamcast Fighter. If oh, you love uh Little side shout out if you listen to the Retro League, I kind of mooned over that quite a bit not too long ago. Name a, a Capcom fighting game, and she's probably done art for it. Dark That's Dark. amazing. Yeah, she's busy- there. Dungeons and Dragons: Shadow of Overbistara and Cannon Spike. Amazing game if you can find it on the Dreamcast. It is not cheap. It was a launch title, and it's basically an isometric run and gun twin stick shooter thing. With Cammy, Arthur from uh, Ghouls and Goblins, Ghosts and Goblins, Ghouls and Goblins, Ghouls and Ghosts, whatever you want to call it, in just giant armor. Um, Cammy has twin Uzis. There's a couple other original characters. Mega Man's in it. it. It's ridiculous, and I highly recommend tracking that one down if you have a lot of disposable income. But yeah, she's been around.
0: Wow, we're really hyping up this game based on who worked on it and and with the art. And uh, thankfully, unlike some past shows where uh, we get really hype on something and then sadly the game itself is disappointing, this game is really good. Oh, yeah. We'll start at the beginning, which always includes a way too fast (laughs) text scroll. This one's particularly bad. Yeah, because it cuts off before it even actually reaches the top of the screen. Like it fades out before then where you could get like an extra second or two maybe to try to absorb all of this info they are throwing at you so fast. But I got it here for you. So in the year 2281, the United Earth government and the principalities of Raya concluded a ceasefire agreement ending a war that lasted for half a century. One year has passed since that agreement. The 18th scouting party reported that the Ryan capital, Malkid, or Malkide, I'm guessing, has been captured by an army of unknown origin. The United Earth government has decided to dispatch an army to Raya to retake the capital and rescue the citizens. However, the true purpose of this operation was to bring Raya under Earth's control. Once the mysterious army was eliminated, this fact was never made public. Ellipses. That's where the game begins. And then we get my favorite thing about a lot of beat 'em up games that we have covered before
1: is your stat screens. I don't know if I actually sat through those this time. I usually do, but I think I was in a hurry to play it.
0: Yeah, it takes a while because they end up showing one person, demo, runs through again, showing a person, demo, runs through again, the like whole intro. So you kind of have to wait through the intro about like four or five times to see them all. But I did it because I love these. These are some of my favorite things because none of this really has much of an effect. Well, some of it actually does because you get uh, stats for all the robots that each uh, person pilots. So uh, starting at the top with our main character, who I'm really surprised isn't Jin.
1: Well, there's reasons for
0: that. We'll get into that when we get into another game we're going to talk a little bit about today.
1: Yeah, because this this game has uh, some follow-ups.
0: Right, because Jin is in that. Uh, Jin. people will know from Marvel versus Capcom. Because we're going to talk a little bit about Cyberbots as well, which came out the next year in 1995 and is actually connected to this game, which I didn't realize. And Nico Bunn will get into that. But beyond that, we have the AEX-10M Blodia, which is a middle-class ship. He's your all-arounder. He's got good speed, good offense. He's your Ryu, if we really have to get into it. He's your Cody, if you will.
1: He's your hero protagonist. His nickname is Rash. His, his call sign is Rash, which basically he is the default Battletoad.
0: Yeah, that's so true. Oh my, I did. I just was looking at that. I had my capture screen here and it says call sign Rash. I didn't realize that. Uh, his name is Jeff Perkins, which I'm willing to bet was not his name in Japan. Or maybe it was his name in Japan if they were trying to be like, he's from America.
1: That wouldn't surprise me. It, it yeah. could be a, 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 a bit of subtle shade thrown at ravenous American military Colonialism,
0: yeah, rash and brash, yeah, definitely in, in this and- story. Yeah, this is a uh, we got to go save these aliens on this other planet from these bad guys, but we're gonna take it over in the process because they have space <laughs> uh, oil, space oil. Thank you. I was trying to think of like sound uh of fossil fuels. That's say I was trying to sound like it is John. <laughs> we need their Energon cubes for our mechs. But Jeff Perkins, he's very hot-headed and eager for action. Jeff is a gifted pilot but lacks an actual battle experience. Uh, so apparently he's never uh, piloted one of these before. But once again, the art is freaking fantastic where you get his nice little character portrait loaded in his uh, handgun and whatnot. And then the next character we have is Reptos, who is your uh, super fast, long-range, low-power, uh, low-ammo
1: uh, guy. His call sign is justice. To clarify, Reptos is the mech. Ray Turner is justice.
0: His call sign is justice. So, Oh, so it's like one of your favorite movies, Top Gun.
1: Kind of. I mean, they all have call signs, really. I mean, again, typical American stuff. You're going to get that with any military thing. That was fewer characters to display on the screen for each character, Ah. which was kind of nice on that point. And they do call each
0: other that in the game, yeah, so they don't go like, Ray or Ray Turner. They just say justice.
1: Yeah, ray he's Orion, uh, oddly enough so he is blue and, yes and um uh, apparently he's a bureaucrat which is kind of funny that they gave a bureaucrat one of the better murdering machines in my opinion it's fast it's close combat based so this was your man no uh, for a little bit he was my secondary okay
0: and then we have the uh Golden, who is piloted by glenn reed callsign gray which if you ask me the perfect name for him because he's quite bland not the robot but like he himself as a character is kind of bland
1: yeah he's basically your spec ops like in the stories he was part of a squad called the gods of death presumably shinigami but he's japanese he's a very polite fellow
0: you know he's from canada one of the few surviving members of the famous squad of death his ability to cope with any war situation is legendary uh he's your big dude he's your slow guy giant tank robot which is
1: freaking sweet looking at it. because once again, the art sensei did the mech designs. Okay. Sensei has also done work. Yes. Uh, Haruki sweats. He's done stuff for street fighter two, uh, the punisher tech Romancer, So, Ugh. and, uh, the mega man X's after X four and on where he was part of that. And Zach and wiki out of nowhere. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. And that's way later on, on the Wii, And, uh, so, uh, so we rounded out with my favorite robot, which is the a little less attack, a little more speed, not as fast as Justice, which is Siren, call sign of Sarah White, who pilots Forty, which is the name of uh, her mech. And I really like this mech. It looks like a futuristic construction site robot, kind of.
1: Yeah, I think I think we. Were, I played her as well, so we went at the same angle. Mainly, I just play for speed as it as it mm-hmm. is. So.
0: All the other robots have a very like, you know, stand up full robot mech Gundam kind of look and this one is like a squat to the ground like kind of like crabish little thing raptory arms so I was like that one's very very unique looking. Uh it's a junior class robot so it is a little smaller than the rest. Interestingly enough Sarah White, which I didn't realize this a siren, she's half French and half Ryan.
1: She's- I figured that was the angle they were going with with her. Yeah, and she is the
0: brash, hot-headed youngster of the crew of Armored Warriors. That's the plot. We've been going quite long already. Let's get into the game. It's a beat-em-up. You pick your character, they get a robot. But this has one of the coolest mechanics in any beat-em-up, any punch kicker. Uh, i have ever played and i did play this uh, a long time ago whichever guy you pick they have the robot but within the game where you're fighting other mechs these mechs will drop different arms from their robot with different weapons that then you can pick up and add to your robot but then you can also add long-range weapons by enemies dropping them and picking them up and you can also change how you get around your mobility your legs from other enemies dropping different ones and picking them up as well
1: yeah leg abilities also uh give you different jump kick equivalent attacks it's basically like picking up weapons in any other fighting game but it's nice that they gave you the three variants and
0: Mm -hmm. um you can carry them between levels. You know, a lot of, like, even Final Fight, you'd get to the end of the screen, and I'd always get annoyed. Your guy's pipe would go flipping off his body, and you'd be like, I want to take it with me. And in this, you pick up new legs, you'll carry them for as long as you can, you carry them. As yeah. long as you pick them up after you die, which they stay on the screen long enough that after you die, you can pick your equipment back up. You can go a long time with a certain weapon, which I always had the the laser sword.
1: It's the best. It's easily the best. Laser mm-hmm. sword for days. Yep. Yeah, with the long-range weapons, they all have different uh, ammo maxes, but there's ammo pickups that are general for all of them. So you pick yeah. up bullets, it'll fill pretty much anything. Or if you pick up another one of that weapon, it'll fill it up. It reminds me of the Punisher in that
0: way, except in the Punisher, there were only certain times when you could pull out your guns. The game would be like, oh, the enemies have guns. You can use your guns now. So if the enemies aren't attacking you with guns. You can only punch them. But in this, you have your jump, you have your attack, but then you have a third button, which is your fire off, your cool shoulder mounted Vulcan cannon, your missile launcher, a bomb, laser, flame thrower, flamethrower. Flamethrower uh, sucks. No, actually, I was finding the Flamethrower quite useful in the later levels for it do, crowd it do, control. Yeah,
1: it does have good stun. That's the only thing it's good for.
0: Yeah, like, not damage, but if there's a bunch, a bunch of guys on the screen, it's, like, the best way to just keep them in an area and push them back.
1: I usually defaulted to seeking missiles when I could grab them. But yeah, I, those are good. I was mostly working with—well, they're good if you're, you're far enough off. Otherwise, the seek takes too long. Yeah, I like the uh,
0: missile and the bomb because they shoot kind of close range at the ground. So yeah. the laser uh, kind of ca- shotgun guys with them. Wait till they were close and just yeah. drop it right at their feet.
1: The shoulder laser is kind of fun too. You know, your usual straight beam penetrates anything along that line. Mm-hmm. It's limited, but it's it, it's good for you know tagging somebody to get back to punch somebody in the face. I mostly just stuck with the laser blade, and uh, I really like the uh, insect pointy legs.
0: Oh, the six legged like tarantula legs
1: kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Whatever they they, call they came it. in on like the scorpion looking uh, max and the uh, cancel out of jump for them is just a downward stab with them and it's amazing. Second favorite was the uh, the hover base where if you uh, cancel out of that with an attack, it's uh, spinny fire, which is oh good. yeah
0: no I, I I remember that one using in the past. I didn't use that one a lot this time. I thought the treads were cool because they have that really nice jump attack where the treads wrap around your robot's body and spikes
1: shoot out. <laughs> Yeah, or yeah, that, or um, if you can't saw it, it's like a chainsaw flops out from in between them. Big old chainsaw donger just <laughs> slapping that in people's faces. Jeez, I was going to say like Lord Raptor in Darkstalkers with
0: like his chainsaw leg, but my goodness.
1: It's like a chainsaw third leg. We got this. but <laughs>
0: Most robots start with just regular legs. They have the tarantula legs, hover legs, tank legs. They should have had some like, optional like chicken walker legs that maybe were like a little faster or something like that. It would have been kind of cool.
1: Yeah, wh- uh, what's this futz? Um, the Reptos' default legs are as close as chicken legs you're going to get.
0: Yeah. The other thing, uh, we mentioned Beam Sword as being our favorite weapon in the right arm.
1: Come on, it cuts things in half on the final blow. Like your typical yeah, you- anime slice down the middle and they just fall apart. Before yeah, I'm clothing. surprised this didn't have some kind of a tie-in anime, unlike
0: a previous game we reviewed, Undercover Cops, which did have tie-in animes and stuff, but wasn't good. Meanwhile, this fantastic game with a fantastic artist doesn't have any anime tie-ins that I know of.
1: Yeah, I, I haven't found any either. But yeah, luckily, a- the game franchise as it is went on for a while, or at least it was basically just a series of spin-off after spinoff. So the robot sword cutting people in half. There's a, a claw arm that you can grab dudes. I like
0: that one. There a lot are two claw can,
1: arms. There's the one you can grab and throw dudes. And then there's the one, the electro claw. which Yeah, Sea Spark. That was that was my alternate where you, it grabs them and then sends a shock down it. Not fun to get hit by because the sun on that is a pain in the ass to deal with. But, but that's good for controlling like
0: one guy on the screen if you can lock him in with that. Or the claw arm grabbing him and then you can slam it behind you and hit a guy behind you in the process. Yeah, that was that was pretty sweet. Yeah, so you can totally like, hulk, you know, smashing Thor and ground back and forth like a guy which is very satisfying. There's also a, a shield cannon which is like a shield arm that also uh, as its base attack like shoots little missiles at a short range.
1: Yeah, I hated that is, thing.
0: It's not very good, but it looks really cool. It looks like something that, you know, you would find on a Gundam. This game obviously pulls a lot of inspiration from the Gundam series. So that's such a big part of Japanese culture. The giant robots, which I've never really been into giant robots that much. They've never really been uh, my taste in anime. I've tried to watch a bunch and I've never gotten into them. And I've tried a lot of games too. And a lot of times they make them very technical, like armored core and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, that's from software for you. I mean, these are the, those are the Dark Souls guys. Come on. Oh, true. Yeah. See, I didn't.
0: I only made that connection kind of recently, being as I like Dark Souls. Then hearing people mention Armored Core and being like, that's why I hated that game ten years ago when I tried it, or over ten years ago. You got you got a gotta super deep. difficult, like crazy, like it's like Dark Souls dueling with robots.
1: Yeah, at least the stat system of that was a little more straightforward.
0: But this is nice and simple and fun, and there's lots of explosions. And you, you know, the, the, you're basically just going uh, back and forth between Earth and Raya on, on a couple levels, mostly staying on Raya in the later levels, and trying to free the Ryan people from a cyborg robot threat that the humans on Earth originally created anyway.
1: Yeah, like you do, and you're also stepping on uh, Ryan soldiers, which is pretty sweet. Well, cyborg soldiers. I'm sorry. Yeah,
0: the sprite work in this is some of the best. It's amazing in any beat 'em up game. I mean, Capcom outshined everyone in the early '90s. You know, when you walked into uh, an arcade, you had 3D graphics and stuff like that in '94. You know, not a whole lot of it, but when you saw a Capcom game, like you saw Street Fighter III, stand up. (laughs) <laughs> had Six Flags, Great Adventure. <laughs> like, God, that game looked pretty. You know, and hopefully the sun hadn't bleached the screen or anything or faded it out. I mean, even like Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo was one of the better looking games in an arcade at any time. Yeah, This I, is something I wish I had seen in the arcades and been able to play through back then because it's so much fun. It's got six stages, which I feel is just the right amount. It doesn't outstay its welcome like a lot of beat-em-ups do. I don't think it gets to the point where you're being tortured putting in a lot of quarters you know unless you're playing one of the lighter units yeah i like 40 a lot you know i playing siren but she, she can get taken out super quick
1: oh yeah yeah if you, if you if you're not continuously moving you're dead controls great jump button punch
0: button weapon button all the different combinations uh my only disappointment is i didn't get to play through a co-op at all which looking at the attract screen oh when-
1: yeah yeah the, the giant robot party good god
0: yeah, it's like zords, you know? Like they they'll drop in this special unit that everyone will jump on with their robots and attaches an arm or a leg or a tail and you'll just I I'm guessing maybe one person controls them, maybe you all control them at once and you have to cooperate and you only attack with yours. I'm not sure how it works because sadly I haven't gotten uh, to play it with anyone else, but I would love to see how that works out. It's like
1: the Power Rangers Megazords combining together. It's
0: like a center unit that they all link onto. you
1: know. If you've ever played uh, Charlie Murder on Xbox Live, it's like when you do the team-up attack with your buddies and form a giant robot and that, basically. Or yeah. Voltron, or name a giant robot made out of different things and you, you it pins it down. You, you got yeah. it.
0: It's such a fun game. Uh, Like I said, Six Stages doesn't outstay its welcome. The story in and of itself is pretty base level, but there are some great uh, little lines in it. You know, like uh, at the open, I said, you know, it's a shame cyborgs can only appreciate death and destruction. Which is a lion Siren says to the one bad guy who I don't know if they give him a name, the one Ryan uh, guy who's kind of betraying them and working with the robots to turn all the humans and Ryans into cyborgs, which is the little twist you find out
1: on stage five. Oh, Asriel. Yeah, that's the same guy who's in that Warlock mech all three times. Yeah.
0: Yes, the Warlock mech, which I called the Black Knight mech at the start because it kind of looked like a like a cool
1: Black Knight. Yeah, well they do kind of put the names of the things right on screen when you're punching them. You
0: can well I that. I know, but I didn't realize that until it was Warlock Two. And then Warlock Three. So he's your reoccurring who you think is the super bad guy, but in fact is not. Because on the final mission, which has a great name, Starry Ocean. I really like that. Yes. Which stage five is truth. truth. Stage four, Railroad in flames. I didn't get three, two or one.
1: I forgot what they were too, but <laughs> three shit, was oh, shooting shitty, area. Shitty jungle i'm <laughs> oh, sorry the jungle was really goddamn boring usually. yeah with the uh,
0: chameleon robot at the end with the scorpion tail
1: oh yeah it was a cool robot but the rest of the stage was kind of eh.
0: yeah all eh. the bosses are cool there's the the, the i really liked like the rat ass the helicopter
1: chopper bot that was a cool idea but uh we'll get back to him later too yeah yeah fuck so the hellion fuck the yeah. hellion the hellion oh is that the the proper name for it yes it's a play on hellion and also helicopter which i thought was cute Nice. So, this, also, so that was a great fight area too. Like you're, I think it's the cliff overlooking things. It is. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's neat. And Sorry, then
0: thoughts. with all these really cool robot bosses that you fight, the warlock one that you know is this black, like gold-edged, uh, you know, uh, robot. The ending boss is
1: a little lackluster. I found. Kind of like the gist of it. The fact that it, it, I, I got the idea that it's just an integrated system with the ship you're fighting on. Yeah, it's a, oh, I'm the
0: giant AI who has been doing this all along. Ha, 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 ha. Which in this one was called Mother Brain. Yeah, I was like, wait, it's M Brain? What else could M stand for?
1: Mecha Brain? Most Brain. Monster Brain? Moss Brain. Live Moss. Taco Brain. (laughs)
0: Mass brain.
1: But uh, yeah, it, granted, most of these beat em ups are screen management things, but it's a lot of, uh, okay, this thing's popping up, you gotta break this or else it's gonna shoot you. Okay, yeah. dodge this while you break this because it's gonna shoot you. It's a full screen fight, but it's not as nasty as, like, say, later full screen fighting game fights. Like, think Apocalypse at uh, the end of X Men vs. Street Fighter's not as <laughs> much of a pain in the ass as that. It's Onslaught. A, yeah. At Marvel versus Capcom. It's not bad. He's he's kind
0: of stationary. He has those two like dragon head things you got to take out first, and the cannons. My the, is-
1: the main thing I would say pay attention to is when those little side the side laser yes. contacts pop up. Get those out of there because you actually should get the get dick. the
0: lasers out of there first. Because if yeah. you leave one for last, it just constantly shoots because it's all he can do. Yeah. So then it's really hard to just take that out. And they repop now and then. But with that, you can use your jump and your attack to do, like, a quick little, like, ring of beams around you, which is basically just to knock enemies back.
1: Yeah, that's the cancel out I was talking about earlier. Right, and everyone has the same one. Everybody just goes, meow, and shoots, like... Like, hitting them simultaneously? Yeah, if you hit jump and
0: attack simultaneously, standing still, you, like, there's, like, a scan thing that goes around you that just knocks enemies back around you so like if enemies I'm get not too close, surprised
1: like, yeah I'm not surprised that's in there but I never used it oh,
0: I used it a bit just to knock enemies back and it does a little damage to them yeah, also yeah. in classic gaming uh, beat em up game fashion it takes a little bit of life away from you as well yeah yeah there's a lot of big bosses in these beat-em-up games. They always tend to go huge on the last guy. But, I mean, guys like Mr. Burns moved around the screen. Mr. Big moved around. The- Ooh, what if the M stands for Mr.? What if he's Mr. Brain?
1: Mr. Brain. Well, my sources say Mother Brain, so I'm going to go with Mother Brain. Really? Wow. they just,
0: like, ripping off the Metroid there. Except it looks like he has multiple brains. There's, like, three brains on him and a heart.
1: We got a lot of brain going on here. Yeah. Mother Brain. Get up, King Hippo. I was more of an eggplant wizard kind of guy, but okay. <laughs> He's the man. I liked King Hippo being blue. That was a nice touch. <laughs> it, was, it was weird.
0: What a weird fucking... Putting Game Boy in there eventually. Like, you gotta...
1: Game Boy was alright. That wasn't the... The jump The shark was when they went to the 15-minute format, back-to-back with Super Mario World, which was fucking awful, but I... I, I exactly. I have the theme stuck in my head. Don't even... Yeah. Don't even. Permanent. You say it, and it's instantly it's there. Yeah, it's worse than the X Men cartoon thing. It's it's just oof.
0: Yeah, listeners, do yourself a favor: <laughs> look up the Super Mario World cartoon intro song. It's a blast from the past. You gotta move fast. Oh, God, goddamn it! All right. <laughs>
1: so music. We didn't mention music, which music's awesome. It just sounds oh, like yeah, 90s beautiful. Capcom music. My entire playthrough was like, God, this is so good. This is so good. I want this it- soundtrack.
0: Yeah, the twangy, synthy electric guitars in it and everything. It is a treat. You hear it, and if you were... 90s kids can appreciate these noises. (laughs) I've said in the past, you know, games that evoke the feel of a smoky arcade... That's the late eighties. That's the early nineties. This evokes to me Six Flags Great Adventure, Hershey Park, and all these places I used to go to in the summer with friends or on school trips, where I would avoid going on rides most of the time and hang out in these arcades where all of these these Capcom fighting games and beat 'em ups, old and new, were the hot shit. You know, yeah,
1: this is this is the sort of thing I would jump on to kill time while the line got a little shorter for X Men versus Street Fighter.
0: Yeah. Oh God. I remember me and my friend spent an entire day beating Darkstalkers 2 and the game must've been set to an easier mode. We spent the whole day beating the game with everybody to see their endings. That's cool. Oh, it was so great because we would literally spend maybe a dollar each time. And we just traded off playing single player because nobody was really playing that game. A lot of people would look at it and be like, "What? What is this? Why is there a Sasquatch? This is silly."
1: At mm-hmm. my arcade uh, as a kid, the first one got a fair amount of play, but there's there a lot of Capcom stuff, so you kind of had a, a fandom going there. I mean, they had pretty much the entire versus run, uh, Marvel superheroes. Like, nice. They always had at least one Street Fighter Alpha machine plus a uh, Street Fighter II Tournament Edition. Championship Edition? Whichever one, where they introduce Cammy and all them? Cammy, T-Hook. Super Street Fighter. Yeah, Super Street Fighter. But it was a tournament or championship edition, whatever the upgrade was. a lot of Capcom. It was a third of the place was all Capcom stuff, so.
0: You yeah, had, they you had were, the fandom there. Yeah, they were one of the, uh, few, uh, companies left in the late 90s when, you know, like, you know, people say arcades died in, in the late 80s, but like, they were still around, but like I'm saying, they were at places like Six Lags Great Adventure. In Hirsch Park, and there still were some smaller arcades around, but it wasn't as many as when we were, you know, really
1: little. I don't know. My mall had two until, like, I'd say '94. One of them died. The one upstairs is this because that's where a lot of drug deals took place. That 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 was was your dark, smoky arcade. Where the other one downstairs had the ticket machines alongside all the like the Capcom fighters and everything. Ah. So that was a little more kid friendly, and also. A lot more open, like you that you could see from the food court what was going on in there. So, hey, you're drawing in kids whose parents are there, just trying to ditch them somewhere, and it's hard to get away with stuff, so they lasted a lot
0: longer. Ah, uh, okay. The one at the mall closest to me uh, around this time, 94, 95, when I was in New Jersey. Do you ever hear me talk about the Seven Eleven? That was when I lived in Pennsylvania. That was my first arcade. That you know, tiny little two stand up units and a pinball machine in the Seven Eleven. Yep. Uh, the time out which was a chain back then, closed down maybe like a year or two after I lived here, like before I had a driver's license and could just go there myself, you know. The other mall that did have one was uh, a bit of a distance away. But I do remember going there and playing uh, Marvel vs. Capcom, Street Fighter Alpha 2, and stuff like that in the arcade. So uh, speaking of fighting games, since we're already going pretty long, Chris got a bit more info than I did and I think spent a little more time with CyberBots from 1995, one year after Armored Warriors, which is a offshoots. I can't think of the right word. It's a spin-off.
1: It's a spinoff. spin-off. It's not, it's not entirely connected, but it feels like uh, it could be connected plotline-wise. Like, there's no real direct character carryover, but I think it's mentioned that uh, the uh, Blodia is the same one that somebody piloted way back in the day. Oh, so, so this is like a
0: future spinoff, like this takes place down the line a bit.
1: Yeah, like none of the pilots are related to anybody, but oh. there's one character who is a cyborg who was part of a super soldier program, which is basically what got sent to Raya to F everything up. So that's probably a tie in. It's nodded to, but it's not directly mentioned any straight connections, but your four main mechs come back and the whole deal is things are going ass up again. This time it's kind of an invasion on Earth or something. The Earth military is kind of corrupt. Uh, these other guys are kind of corrupt. Basically everything sucks, but all the characters have different storylines. They're actually more fleshed out than you tend to expect from a fighting game. And the whole deal is basically Mother Brain, or in this case it's called Final Weapons Brain God. So following the Japanese tradition of video games where you kill God, um... It's back and it wants to destroy humanity. Maybe. Well, it's that's pill- always more
0: of an RPG thing, isn't
1: it? Well, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I immediately flashed to Xenogears because yeah. Max or and I think of god. like Adam from Street Fighter Three is kind of like a god. Kind of, but no. This this thing is literally called God Ganglions. <laughs> Ganglions, because of the brain thing of Omniscient Disruptor. I love it. I love it. I love. Really stupid acronyms, and that one's a great one. You've got a spread of uh, nine main characters, ten, or yeah, there's ten if you get the last playable one.
0: There's a few unlockable. Less in it. than that?
1: No, there's eight to start, and then yeah, there's there you, there's a couple. There are a few of the bosses you can unlock. Oh, like uh, what's what Devilot? Yeah, Devilot in the uh, the Super Eight is playable. The main thing in this
0: being you pick your character, but then between the four different mechs. From the Armored Warriors, you pick one of three variants on that, mech.
1: Yes, and uh, it's, the characters do have, like, cannon variants uh, for each one. I, I actually accidentally uh, fell into the one. I was planning of doing a uh, Mary Miyabi story, the Killer Bee, which takes... It's the 40 with Laser Blade, um, the bomb, I think, the mines. A lot of them use the mine as their launcher, and uh, the hover legs was... Uh, so much ass kicking. It's called the Killer Bee and it actually it's kind of funny. It fights kind of like Cammy from Street Fighter. It's got drill attacks, basically the cannon drill and whatnot. Good times, but that is her default. Uh Jin Sautome, who as we mentioned, you may know from Marvel vs Capcom 2 and or TechRomancer. Was not uh, he in the first one? He was in Marvel vs Capcom 1, right? Or was think, he only I, in think, I think I think he was an assist in 1. So that makes yeah. sense. I know Devilot was an assist in 1. Yeah. But, oh god, that's wow. You know, yeah, yeah, she's
0: one of those characters that I never knew where she was from, and it just hit me. Because there's so many assists in Marvel vs. Capcom that you're like, I don't even know who half of these are. Yep. I, in my younger years, of course, as well. I probably might know a bit more of them now.
1: Yeah, anyway, Piles the Blodia, the default back from the first one. Devilot has a Super 8. That's the Octo boss from Armored Warriors. And she's a mini boss, although if you beat her on any difficulty from 4 to 8, or beat the game on 4 to 8, it'll unlock her as playable. And she's a pain in the ass. She was also in a Super Puzzle Fighter 2, Turbo. That's where most people on the this side of the Pacific may know her from. Shade is the obligatory cyborg. I don't think he's... Yeah, he's not playable at first, but he has the Hellion, the helicopter boss, who you fight on the cliff like you do in Armored Warriors. But yeah, he's another one. Beat the game. He'll unlock. Uh, Santana Lawrence... Is a new guy. He's like kind of like a scrapper uh, slash salvage guy, the mm-hmm. looking dude. He he has the repto's for some reason. Not really tied to anything. The golden goes to Gwayne Mur- Murdoch, who is this old dude in a suit of armor. Because why not? Who apparently knew Jin's dad. That's his deal. Oh yeah.
0: Which Jin was in Marvel vs. Capcom uh, one. He's in one and two. Those are the only two he's actually. Okay.
1: Yeah, I knew he wasn't in three.
0: Yeah, no, he's, he's gone after that. But he was in one and two, and he's he's super fun, you know, summoning the, the blodia in there to, like, punch dudes. Ah, crazy. Anyway, continue.
1: You've got Bao and Mao, who are also in a um, variant of the 40. They're not a 40 variants, but this is... Bright
0: That's who I picked. Them. I picked Bao and Mao with, like, the regular yellow 40.
1: Okay, well, they were in the vice variant, the pink one. Ah, by default but uh, yeah they're just these two kids who had been captured or something by the earth forces and then just they're prehistoric it. kids who just find a mech
0: okay yeah their story is they're like hey what's this giant robot hey what's this do oh my god we're controlling it and then you know hey give that back no ah, and they fight yeah and then uh, they meet the one girl Almida or almeida or
1: whatever who's some weird woman oh in like arietta yeah arietta is the one who has the default forty. Who yeah, was abducted her, you, by the brain thing to as fuel for a thing or something or yeah or maybe like, or maybe it was the Earth Defense Forces that grabbed her to use her U.S. Corps or something I think yeah called. yeah it's the Earth Corps it's the Earth Corps yeah and
0: she's like you're with Earth Corps and they're like who's that and you fight and then a Bauer are like who are the Earth Corps they sound bad we'll go we'll go beat them up and they, yeah, just they go to fight
1: them the Earth Corps were developing a weapon to stop God but <laughs> basically like any good super weapon they're fueling it with the hearts of orphans or whatever so she's been like weird science enhanced and lives in a pod the other um they're not playable at first either but basically the leader of the fleet they're just these two japanese people chumaru kargara and Hagane, like super traditional samurai looking outfits but the fun i love them because they're piloting a fucking gates which is like the default scrubbed here mech from the <laughs> from armored warriors it's just this thing and it, it will kick your ass back and forth to the moon the warlock pops up again i think um yeah, God is controlling one. Nice. You, you don't you don't fight Mother Brain as a ship thingy. Oh, but- I do love the Warlock.
0: That's probably one of the coolest looking ones, I think. Yeah, it, it just is- has that like I'm a bad guy, but I might turn into a good guy kind of look to it. You know?
1: Yeah, not so much.
0: Uh- no, it reminds me of um Fudge. What was that anime where the dude had a cool armor suit like that? That was like black with gold trim. Oh, but he would never get it till like the end of the anime. They like split him into movies, but it might have been a show. Anyway, oh, god damn it.
1: I can't yeah, remember. Cool. I'm I have to no remember. idea what that is. And then one final character, he's kind of playable. Or at least he owns the last thing you can unlock. Uh, Emperor Death Satan, who is Devilot's dad <laughs> and owns the Z Akuma or the Cyber Akuma, Cyber, or Z Goki. It's Akuma from Street Fighter as a mech, which is great. What? Yeah. It's so ridiculous, but you have to beat the game uh, at a difficulty four or higher with I don't know if you can do this in the arcade one either. This is uh, most of these unlocks are I think you can do it in the arcade. I don't the difficulty thing is probably a little different, but the uh, difficulty things I'm pulling are for the uh, Saturn version. The anime I'm thinking of is MD Geist. Okay. And uh, I
0: just want to say that uh, the first image I looked up, I went to click on it. I mean, I can see the image here, but when I uh, click to go view the image on the website, I get a thing from a, a tripod website. Image hosted by Tripod. Y'all remember tripod.com? 90s kids will. Yeah. But it's gone. It's not even actually there. MD Geist, look it up. Uh, not a very good anime, but uh, The Warlock reminded me of it.
1: Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so you go through. Again, each character has a pretty unique story. uh, worth the different endings although they're the kind of the classic still frame not much going on animation wise endings but they're cute they all do kind of work out together like they don't conflict each other which is nice and as for the fighting game itself a lot of uh, quarter circles i think there's a few charge characters too i didn't really look on my move list i just kind of hammered away until i found the killer bee. and i'm like oh this is cammy the robot okay we're doing okay with this now there's a super bar, so you can do Cool it. super
0: moves, like the forty, basically has the Ken triple uppercut super, the regular default yellow one, which is really neat. Yeah, and I know. Um, Cyberbots is almost like a dump for all the leftover sprites, like using all the sprites from Armored Warriors, but they actually tweak some of them up a bit.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. They had a year to punch things up a bit. Some
0: new areas. Yeah, forty's eyes like like the little octo, like single cyclops eye octo, single cyclops eye like glows and has like a trail as it moves, which it didn't have in the other game. So yeah. they they do spice it up a lot.
1: And a, uh, I know uh, at least one, or, uh, the killer bee had, I think, a laser blast out of that too as well. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I forget they, how they, I did it. I think it was a half circle. Oh, we're not game facts. You can look up uh, the moves list uh, But Yeah, 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 yeah. But it has uh, four
0: buttons. It's, you know, a light attack, heavy attack. Once again, a button for your shoulder cannon or whatever your shoulder weapon is. And then another button is your jets, your dash, which you can do on the
1: ground, in the air. Yeah, you can use forward, it to your jump, etc., so forth. It, it plays pretty well. It's pretty easy to pick up. It The difficulty increases really quickly. And once you get to the Hellion... Oh, uh, that's the end of the game. You're not getting past that unless you get good. Or actually, yeah, you know, you're look, not getting uh, past the helicopter. Or uh, I don't know. You might be able to uh,
0: go into uh, your test mode screen and like configure it to easy, the lowest level, and maybe it will be okay. But I remember these games still. Even if you set it on a one, you know, on a lot of the Super Nintendo versions of like Street Fighter, the last boss would still be a bit of a pain in the ass.
1: Yeah, it gets mean. I mean, I struggled through dev a lot in the super 8 which was like the halfway point or at least three it's only like three fights in too it's only like third seven. fight that's where i kind of like hit a wall yeah. and then i was like oh crap we got to record this show and then after that there's another filler and then i th- you always have to fight uh the gates as well and that thing again it was it's very deceptive mm-hmm. because it's the scrub tier thing and it's like the third to last boss cyberbots cool offshoot game but really difficult yeah if you like fighters it's worth playing and it's the designs are really cool I love the idea of the variants because that way you get some move overlap between characters. So you can kind of try some stuff out. And if you are forced for whatever reason to switch to a different character, you have some stuff already, you know, in your repertoire going in. And just a quick nod real quick after that. There was another fighting game that came after this, but it's, it's not connected plot wise, but the Blodia shows up in Tech Romancer again, piloted by Jin. It was a more 3D visuals fighting game although i forget if it's the 2.5 d or if you actually have some 3d maneuvering mm-hmm. but the whole gist is it's a nod to pretty much every different slice of uh, giant mecha you've got like the classic kind of bulbous big wings sticking off looks like a grandizer or something classic robot you've got the Blodia, you got more mech looking stuff you got more gundam looking stuff it was like robot wars without the licenses basically and it's fun and also without the strategy, because it's a fighting game. But it's it, that one's another one worth checking out. I think that was on Dreamcast, if you want to pick that up. It
0: sounds familiar. It may be something I did play back in the day. On oh, Dreamcast, having it being notorious uh, for easily being able to get your hand on games for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I played a lot of Dreamcast games. And that may be one I just gave a whirl or uh, sadly couldn't get working. but. Yeah. Wow, Armored Warriors and Cyberbots and Tech Romancer, uh, a game that started with a, a legendary director and left a bit of a legacy. I just kind of wish it did have an anime. Like I wish there was something else that could really flesh it. seems like something that should have.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know I mean? Yeah, especially with the plot lines of the Cyberbots, you could have had like two or three seasons or mm-hmm. come back to it. Yeah, you could
0: uh, end the first season with like the twist that the humans created, you know, the robots all along the ones that came to Raya were only merely like the first set from the army and now like the real true threats coming. And now they also have to deal with the fact that they know what they've done and what can they do to stop it and blah, blah. It
1: could have been pretty cool. Yeah. Well, since we dragged you around long enough, as it were, Uh, let's get to uh, One Slug and whatnot. Uh, How far did you get in either game on One Slug or both?
0: Armored Warriors, I definitely made it to the second stage before. Having to continue, the game's a little cruel where you only have two lives. Like you have one life and then you get two lives. Which, uh, also, you could obviously go into the configuration and and change that up. But in Cyberbots, I made it to the second fight. And I definitely would get beat on the second fight when I had it uh, on normal. I had a a lot of trouble getting past them and then onto the uh, Super 8 that just... Constantly kicked my butt, so that's really my one slug.
1: How about you? Same thing with the uh, with Armored Warriors was just second stage. I think after one playthrough, you could probably easily get through at least two bosses on one slug, when knowing what you're getting into and what does what. Finding weapons that you like and knowing when they're gonna when you're gonna run into the guys who drop them. Yeah, a little more preparation will get you at least one more stage out of a, a credit. So that'll get you about halfway through. It'll take you a bit of money, though, to finish this. Oh, you can get it under five bucks, though.
0: But it also has a really cool continue screen where, like, you get the first person in your robot of your robot, you know, whoop, whoop, red lights going off. And then you continue as it rises and shoots an enemy on the screen and blows them up. So it's very satisfying to continue as well.
1: Yes. Uh, Cyberbots, I only got two guys in. And even that was a bit of a hustle. Granted, that was going in completely blind. I doubt I could get further than three on one slug even knowing and finding a mech that suited me. But, again, the killer bee. It's my jam. I would definitely return to either
0: in a multiplayer capacity with some other people around. I think it would be a lot of fun to play through Armored Warriors again, especially because it doesn't drag on very long. You know, under an hour, you can play through it with two friends, have a lot of fun in the process, find out, you know, what crazy combination of weapons and legs you want, and that would uh, you would find uh, to be uh, appealing to you. And in a segment we always forget, can you spell stinky? Yes, you can. This is one of those rare times where when you beat the game and you go to put in your name, they give you five spaces to put in a name or six spaces. Yeah, I was going to
1: say five. Oh, is it five, one, two, three? No, if it's six, it's stinky. I was going to say if it's five, it's just stink. Oh, no. It might only be five. Or stinky. Oh, man. I think it might only be five. It might be one short. Stinky research indicates i've consulted the powers and they have told me that it is indeed six characters although only one person on the default high score list uses all six it is there
0: oh you know what i bet if you don't go to end because it defaults to end on the sixth space i bet you can probably scroll through to a letter and hit that and that might end it maybe so find out for yourself play through armored warriors (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna say yes well i'm gonna say yes because i want to say yes because i want stinky to play this game because i think he might really enjoy it it's a lot of fun it's really really good and now another favorite segment movie taglines for armored warriors movie taglines such as superman Uh. you will believe a man can fly and my movie tagline for armored warriors is no matter what combination you use You get to decide how to subjugate an entire planet of an alien race for your own evil purposes. Go America.
1: That's a really long tagline. It is. It's a big poster. Okay.
0: What's your tagline?
1: My movie tagline for Armored Warriors is Armored Warriors, Legs for Days. Oh, that deserves three claps right there. I got one for Cyberbots, too, since I spent a fair amount of time with that. Cyberbots, be bigger than God.
0: (laughs) Create God, kill God. My other movie tagline for Armored Warriors, it would be a line from the game, which uh, on the ending, you get the nice little, like, here's a group photo of all of us together and happy. I think it's one of the last.
1: (laughs) We'll have a cold one waiting for you. There you go. Better than cheeseburgers. Armored warriors. We'll have a cold one waiting for you. One thing, quick jump back to the ending. I love that they did the goddamn nineties beat up thing where they all jump off of whatever the last stage was while it explodes. It happened in, uh, catalogs of dinosaurs. It happened. It probably happened in, uh, aliens versus predator. It happened in, um, metamorphic force. I think. So yeah, uh, thanks for hanging out. Play both. Definitely play armored uh, warriors. It's, totally worth your time and yeah. again you can all you kick through in like an hour
0: now here's tt schmookins with next week's we talk games and video power magazines arcade weekly arcade game audio clue.
1: we shall see
0: hello i am tt schmookins here is next week's we talk games video power magazine arcade weekly arcade game audio clue
1: good luck. Dunes. 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 clue luck all right chris what's your clue for next week's game my clue for next week is they're not the pretty kind they might be from the moon okay <laughs> uh, uh my clue for next week's game is of gahool okay yeah we were going for the same angle on that Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. So be sure to tune into next week's episode of We Talk Games. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at We Talk Games. Be sure to like us on Facebook, WTG Podcast. Be sure you are subscribed to Mr. Chris Nicobun over on YouTube to check out every episode of It's Not Going to Insert Itself, where he will demonstrate for you the awesomeness of armored warriors and uh, perhaps cyberbots as well that is youtube.com slash
1: bond. both will be featured i'm probably going to split it into two shows because i definitely did a full play on armored warriors i got as far as i could in cyberbots the lead pipe walked up it was like hey how's it going there's a roof right above you you can get this done and i was like yeah that's it's time so <laughs> it's gonna to be too Want to take and- a bite <laughs> feeling the nosh the lead nosh i need to do a cartoon drawing of a lead pipe and just saying want to take a bite there we go there we he's go just standing, there. He's, he's standing on the edge of a roof if you're listening send in some fan art well yeah. after you review us give us give them the, them stars or yes, yes. likes so- or winkies or high fives or whatever it is on your service whatever it us. is
0: itunes stitcher uh, a podcast addict A great RSS feeder uh, Wherever you listen to us Give us that thumbs up Spread it around And the number one thing you can always do Is tell your fellow geeky friend Who loves arcade games Or video games Or whatever So until next week everyone Don't be a jerk all the time
1: Just took a ride in a silver machine, and I'm still feeling. You want to ride? See yourself going by the other side of the sky. I got a silver machine. It flies
0: sideways through time. It's an elliptic It's a sonium sign.
1: I've got a silver machine. I've got a silver machine. Fire. It flies out of a dream. It's antiseptically clean. It turns everything green. Do you want to ride? See yourself going by? The other side.